Hi everybody and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 128. My name is Alexander Holland and I'm one of your hosts. I'm sat in sunny Berlin, Germany and sat digitally across from me in Melbourne, Australia. It's the man who loves to be sitting there every single Monday night in Melbourne. He's got the main one called John Maloney. <laughs> <laughs> you disrespected my intro. Yeah, I just thought you did such a flawless job there. I thought I'd rob you of sh- you thought- showmanship. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, yeah. I'm not going to be bringing that energy to the show today, <laughs> Al. So let me just manage expectations right now. And also, on behalf of the audience, we don't want to hear this. So I'm real just going to dial it down John, a little hello bit. everyone. Let's bring it back to more of a, more of a newsy talk show vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and John, as we started going to air mm. this morning slash this evening... Uh, we were talking about the lovely titles that you give every one of our podcasts. For anybody out there that doesn't know, every week when you check your podcast aggregator in a brand new episode of Don't Praise the Machine has popped right in there, you'll see the titles which tend to be word plays mm. on things that we've spoken about in the episode that you're about to listen to. Mm-hmm. And I loved last week, and I think John was was appropriately proud. Mm. We spoke last week about BlackRock and how they'd started buying up a lot of old musicians' song catalogs. Mm. And so John came up with the word play BlackRock and Beats. (laughs) Anybody who is a Chemical Brothers head will, of course, know that that's a reference to block rocking beats. What an absolute jam. Yeah, it's great. That song is back with another one of those black rocking beats. Yeah. But, John, I had a question for you after. Let me Actually, I'm just going through a few here. So we had... We've got Black Rock and Beats, episode 126, yep. Tomb of the Axolotl, because the Axolotl was entombed. <laughs> Actually, I got asked about that again. I've got so many diversions this morning. I, I caught up with my friend Jordan yeah. uh, on the on the weekend, and he was like, man, you have got to open that time capsule. <laughs> He's we right. Spoke on the tomb, we spoke on the Tomb of the Axolotl about how me and John, when we were boys in, uh, in primary school, mm. our... Year five teacher, Mr. O'Neill, had all the boys in 1993 pop a little, pop a little pack into yeah. a uh, time capsule, which was meant to be opened, I think, in 20, 2003, yeah, 10 years okay. after. That, that makes sense, maybe. yeah. And it's still, as far as we know, it's still there. Mm. Unless we didn't dig it up, but no. maybe. Anyway, so Jordan's like, so, uh, and there must be some other five gold boys yeah. listening to the podcast. Is there anybody out there? Mm. From St. Ignatius, five gold, 1993. Yeah, put we some. Go and have a little excavation party. Put some money in the Patreon account so we can get to Adelaide and do this. <laughs> <laughs> we've got to, 
We just need to get in contact with who was whoever was in charge of the Somerton Man excavation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean that that whole um, escapade ended with such an anticlimax that I'm sure there's a whole bunch of Somerton Man heads <laughs> just at a loose hand waiting for the next mystery, <laughs> and we'll be like, "Look, this doesn't quite have the." espionage angle that you've you've come to know and love with Summerton Man, but mm. it's um it's just a just a regular old time capsule. And now fucking thirty years on, I mean, it's genu it's genuine uh it's of genuine historical interest what's in there. Yeah. Not to mention that axolotl that's still um that's probably learned it's probably learned to evolve to live underground and self generate uh live axolotls. We have, uh, I'm having a look here, we have 100, episode 125, A Hard Day's Night Core. Mm-hmm. That was me talking about nightcore music, Hard Day's Night, of course, from the Beatles. We had B-grade beat matches. I'm, a, I'm having a look here. Anybody that doesn't like music, I apologize for the last uh, <laughs> That's true. five they, weeks. They, I didn't realize how music heavy everything has become. Can I, not to toot my own horn, but I'm just looking at the ones that have worked out well. Because obviously it's a, I do it. <clears throat> pretty much as soon as we've finished recording. So it's a bit about what comes to me in the moment. Mm. Um, and then sometimes just by luck, the theme of the episode lends itself to a good pun. But I quite liked, um, I quite liked He Ain't Woody, He's My Brother, episode 114. <laughs> and what was that about? That, just remind that us, was about John. Tom Hanks's uh, brother who voices um, the the character of Woody in some kind of <laughs> shitty Toy Story spin-off. That was excellent. So a little that little bit of layering genius. there, and then obviously you've got things like Add to Blart. I quite like that one as well, just because <laughs> <laughs> which combined two stories because we talk a little uh. bit about about um websites that you can kind of you can sort of toy with the algorithm so that it encourages you to get special deals uh, if you kind of go to the add to cart um, screen and then don't finish the transaction. But then we also talked a little bit about Paul Blart, Mall Cop on the show, (laughs) played by Kevin James, (laughs) and how they, and how there was, they were adding to the Blart. I think it was, I think we were crapping on about, we were going on about, um, Kevin James, Paul Blart fan fiction. So yeah, yes. again, a few few themes interacting there. But uh, it's one of my little, um, one of the many small pleasures of creating this show each week. So here was my question, John. Mm. Um, so like, take for example, one of the best. Let's say he ain't Woody. He's my brother. Mm. Here's here's a question. When will a Chat GPT esque chatbot mm. be able? To come up yeah. with such a title. So what you would do is you would feed the chatbot yep. the episode, uh, the transcript of the episode. Yeah. And you'd say, I'd say, dear chat GPT, me and my friend John have just done a podcast where we talk about the fact that Tom Hanks's brother yeah. has made himself, has got himself a little side gig voicing all of the trash that Tom Hanks doesn't want to because he's too busy doing real art. Yeah. Uh, and we think that's kind of fun and funny. We do a funny we do a fun and funny podcast. Give us a fun and funny episode title. Well, why don't why don't I type that some version of that in and see what it gives us? <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> this is unplanned, by the way. Yeah. It's out. This is this is uh, this is so good that I'm worried people will think. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. we just had. I just had. Um, I actually had something different at the start of the episode, which I'll get into in a sec. But we got here because. When I started talking to you, you said, "Fucking Black Rock and Beats was pretty good." Wasn't it? I said, "Yeah, that was pretty good. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty good." So yeah, get on Charge Sequi. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, Chat GPT. I'm in. I'm in Charge Sequi. Charge Sequi. And I should say when I when I do this. Uh, come up with the titles for the episodes. I do sometimes feel a pang of temptation to see what Chat GC Quay has to say, but I I always think then I just won't get the same satisfaction. I don't want to know. I don't want to be bested by a machine. So sometimes yeah. you know the most I've probably done is said, um, and I don't even think I've done it for the podcast. But in other contexts, I might say something like, if I'm trying to come up with a witty pun. Give me a bunch of words that rhyme with X and then, you know, that's, sure. that's but anyway, uh, please assist <laughs> with a podcast title or a comedic podcast about <laughs> Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks's brother taking roles that Tom <laughs> doesn't want. <laughs> including voice acting for the beloved character Woody. Okay, and now we'll go. Is that it? Do you reckon that's about right? We'll see what it yeah, says. Yeah, give it a go. You, you can iterate on afterwards if you want. Yeah. Okay. How Woody found his other brother, the Larry Hank story. Which is uh, which is interesting. I don't know if it's <laughs> is his brother's name Larry or is that just a little chat? Jesse? Is it hallucinating? Yeah, no, maybe it's hallucinating. Uh, Jim is his brother's name. Yeah, who the fuck no, no, there is no, there's another one. Oh, so he, okay, so wow. so it's given it's given us the wrong brother. So there's Jim and Larry. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Please give me six more options. I've said, and it yeah. says. Larry Hanks, it's sticking with that, with that. The unofficial voice of Woody. Tom's rejects Larry's Hollywood adventures. Woody's wild ride with Larry Hanks. Sibling rivalry. Larry Hanks versus Tom's roles. These are pretty shit house. Larry, <laughs> what was what was the second one? Uh, Tom's rejects Larry's Hollywood adventures. Then you had Woody's Woody's wild ride with Larry Hanks. Larry's yeah. laughs. The second one. That's, the second one's okay. The second one's okay. Yeah, yeah. that's not bad. Yeah. Larry's Laughs, the Hanks Brothers Comedy Hour. From Rejects to Royalty, Larry's Hollywood Journey. Um, and then I'll say, <laughs> you got the wrong brother. <laughs> and, it's, and it will say, I apologize for the oversight. Here are six podcast options for uh, about Tom Hanks' brother, not Larry Hanks, taking roles that Tom doesn't want. Okay, yeah, so it's got... The Hanks heist, when Jim steals the spotlight. That's pretty good. That's good. Uh, brotherly hijinks, Jim Hanks' Hollywood adventures. Yeah. Un unhanksual auditions, Jim's take on Ooh. Tom's rejects. That's a slight, what? slightly laboured attempt at a pun. Uh, <laughs> voice of Woody's backup, the Jim Hanks Chronicles. So, you know, like, they're okay. They're kind of... Um, they're, they're passable. They're passable. Some of them are passable. Yeah. Uh, but 
It w- yeah, it just made me think. It seems trivial, but I think when it is able to get humor that's layered and interesting, I think that will be t- terrifying. Yeah. When it's when you're going, oh, this is like way funnier than some kind of middle of the road yeah, comedians, of which true. there are many. Because we do you like go, to think of that as as a uniquely human capacity that's a bit more art than science. So the fact that yeah. it could sort of do that just with a text analysis kind of situation is disconcerting. It did recently um it did recently err when it was given the task by I think um MSN of yeah. writing an obituary for a basketball player named Brandon Hunter. Okay. And uh and it said so this is kind of something that I guess we'll start to see a bit of as because we alluded to this on the one of our recent Robit- chats. Robituaries. Robituaries, exactly, where your kind of content farm sites are just happy to give some of the tasks to to, oh, to me. Oh, okay. So it, it was an, I was going to say, so it was, an obitu- it was an obituary from a content farm. Exactly. It was, it was a something called Racetrack, I think, and, uh, and <clears throat> people started talking about it on X, formerly Twitter, and, uh, yep. and it says... Um, uh, and it says, uh, this is from Joshua Benton on, on Twitter. It says a former NBA player dies young and AI writes this headline and the headline is Brandon Hunter useless at 42. And then, (laughs) and then the prose is former NBA participant, Brandon Hunter, who beforehand performed for the Boston Celtics and Orlando Magic has handed away on the age of 42. <laughs> so it's, it's really cooked that one, unfortunately. Um, and then someone else has written, AI should not be writing obituaries. Pay your damn writers, MSN. Um, so that's an interesting conundrum because they, you know, 90% of the time you wouldn't, you wouldn't know the difference because there's not, there's not uh, too much skill involved in just writing a kind of stock standard obit. But... Um, but every now and then, it goofs with a little uh, inapt phrase. When you when you pass John, I'll tell everybody. I'll tell everybody. Look, I'm going to write this guy the greatest obituary ever, and it's going to mean a real lot to everybody. And they say, "Okay, Al, you go ahead." And mm. then I'll start my obituary, and I will go, and it will just go, ladies and gentlemen, all your base are belong to us. <laughs> Now, one thing we love talking about on Don't Praise the Machine is, of course, the increasing tendency of uh, the film and television industry, particularly in the US, to reboot itself, to reproduce various previous iterations of things that it's already done rather than coming up with new ideas. And uh, (laughs) a new and exciting example of that has arrived in the last few days in the form of a trailer for the upcoming reboot of everybody's favorite 90s and early 2000s sitcom about uh, curmudgeonly psychiatrist <laughs> Dr. Fraser Crane, <laughs> the show Frasier, uh, which, um, 
which has in the last few days uh, been distributed this trailer um, for a show called Frasier 2023. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, um, and it features, uh, it features the man himself, Kelsey Grammer, star of Frasier, which of course was itself uh, yeah, just a, a spin-off a spin of the show Cheers, um, which I haven't really gone back and watched, but um uh, you know, De Ted Danson, Woody Harrelson, etc., and then, um, Kelsey Grammer starred as this uh, sort of highfalutin, pretentious psychiatrist who was a bit out of place at the bar, and yeah. it was, I think, in Boston. Cheers was set, and then he, uh, then the show ends, but then in 1993, which is of course the year everything worthwhile begins on, don't praise the machine, <laughs> uh. They launched, they launched the show Frasier, which ran for 11 seasons and did remarkably well. I think it had something like 37 primetime Emmy Awards, uh, which wasn't beaten until Game of Thrones. And, um, of course, he played a version of, well, he played the same character who had moved back to his hometown of Seattle and yeah. his father was aging. So you know, I think most people will be familiar with it. He 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 uh, lives in an apartment with his dad, and their uh, his dad's kind of nurse slash maid, and he's got his brother, etc. Finished in two thousand and four, so quite a long time ago now. Ah, um, but okay. It's, but it's always remained, it's always remained a kind of cult classic, and you know, does the rounds on various streaming platforms. Streaming. Everybody platforms. knows the song exactly. Um, yeah, whenever I have to go to the psychologist, I start singing about toss salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> oh, baby, I hear the blues are calling. <laughs> it's just playing in your it's just on loop in the psychiatrist's office in the waiting room. Yeah, that song. <laughs> That's right. And uh, so then it it lay dormant for eighteen years. Uh, Frasier's on screen father passed away in twenty eighteen. Various others oh. have moved on with their acting careers or sometimes not. And then, and Frazier's kind of, or Kelsey Grammer has done a few other things with his life, um, both in acting and in his somewhat unfrasierly private life that he leads outside of the show, uh, <laughs> where, where he plays a kind of, where he, he um, exhibits tendencies that are very antithetical to Frazier, which is quite funny because he has this, in real life, he has this very, um, you know, famously played Sideshow Bob. He has this kind of quite, yeah. quite pretentious sort of Britishized American way of speaking, but he also uh, has had problems with cocaine and alcohol. And, you know, I think he married a porn star for a couple of years. He was famously <laughs> married to a woman who was then on Real Housewives of Be Beverly Hills. Um, wow. He's a staunch Republican. So all these things that are kind of, not uh, very much not the character of Frasier, which I quite enjoy. But um, yeah, watching, I mean, I just showed you the trailer um, for the new, for the new uh, reboot. And I think it's a good example of why you kind of think, oh, gee, it'd be fun to watch a classic show be rebooted. And, you know, particularly if it's a show you're fond of, like I might think that about Seinfeld or something, but then when you actually yeah. see it, even in trailer form, 
you kind of go, <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have, I, I should have been careful what I wished for because there's <laughs> something quite sad and illusion shattering about that because you basically you're getting this very similar, like an attempt to mimic the very same style of comedy that you saw, saw with Frasier. But Kelsey Grammer is, you know, 20 years older and, uh, yeah. and, and nobody else except for, I think his ex-wife Lilith does a cameo, but everyone else has basically said, not interested, thanks. And <laughs> it, it plays him going back to Boston to reunite with his son, Freddie, who was um, played by a child actor, I think a couple of different child actors in the original. And uh, I just can imagine that it's going to be terribly written and probably last for one season <laughs> and then get shelved. Um, and I don't know why Kelsey wouldn't have expected that. I just watched the trailer. Yeah. And the writing uh, is so bad. Yeah. Like the jokes, the jokes in the trailer are so bad mm. that I've gone from being on the side of the writer's strike to thinking that they should be offered less money now based on <laughs> the writing of Fraser. And again, speaking of like, speaking of, of chatbots yeah. being able to write jokes, yeah. I... And having watched that trailer, mm. uh, and uh, you know, this is also in line with the maybe, maybe it doesn't have writers. The... <laughs> <laughs> maybe that is maybe that is what has happened here. Yeah, that that is pretty chat GPT joke. Totally, in the That's Fraser true, trailer. Actually. Yeah, and uh, I mean, one of the things that I like, which I discovered quite early on when I saw, as a kid, saw an interview with one of the characters from. The Simpsons. I think it was um, the woman who plays Lisa, whose name escapes me at the minute. But um, yeah, y Yardley. Someone. That's right, Yardley Smith. Yardley Smith. Yeah, Yardley Smith. And she, um, I think she also plays Bart. Is that right? Have I got that right? No, and, Bart's Nancy Cartwright. No, yeah, maybe I'm thinking of Nancy Cartwright. She was being interviewed, and it's just one of those things where you can't help but think, particularly when you see Frazier being sort of erudite and witty on some of the better episodes of the original show that that he is genuinely possessed of those qualities but you realize that he's just a mouthpiece for good writers and if you get yeah, shit writers 100%. he'll just be a mouthpiece for shit writers and uh and you kind yeah. of go wow he doesn't really get what was even funny about the show like this like the simpsons characters going <laughs> Don't don't have a cow, man. Is that what everyone likes? Like, not really. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I better I better run away from you, Homer. Don't have a cow, man. And like, <laughs> like Conan O'Brien's just looking at her, going, yeah. "That's not that's not the show. That's not what I wrote. <laughs> that's actually, not the show." Have you ever watched it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just maybe they don't. They just do their booth. Uh, extracts and go home, never, never bother with the finished product. But yeah, so that was the, the weird feeling I got, but it did prompt me to go back and watch a few episodes of the original, which was quite comforting viewing because I, you know, used to, used to watch it a bit growing up, uh, until I got to an episode called breaking the ice, which was episode 20 of season two of the podcast of the show, Frasier. And, uh, and I saw something which I didn't understand. And to give you some context, Breaking the Ice is about uh, Martin Crane, the father, who is preparing to go on his annual ice fishing trip with his friend Duke from the from the cops. 
and then Duke has to cancel, and then Niles volunteers to go along because he's obsessed with the idea of re- rekindling his relationship with his father, and yeah. Frasier does the same, not to be outdone, and then they end up ruminating on the fact that the father never uh, told them that he loved them, and there's a bit of a kind of emotional breakthrough <laughs> while they're ice fishing in um, in this kind of you know ice fishing shack on the ice in uh, in that that Martin Crane goes to every winter, and uh, so they're in this shack in in this scene, and I'll show you an image uh, from the episode which I guess we can post on our socials, and I'll describe it. Once you've had a look for the benefit okay. of our So I'll audience. have a look here. John, send it to me. Yeah, send it. Do you want so, Messenger? And so w- what I'm seeing is it's, so it's Fraser's uh, father yeah. who is instantly recognizable and he's wearing woolly gear, as you may, on an ice fishing trip. Exactly. He, he, it's just a shot of him. Yeah. Uh, and then in the background, they, they're clearly in some kind of hut. Yeah. And then there's a map of the world mm. uh, and then a slightly smaller poster. Yeah. Tacked, tacked in front of the map of the world, and it appears to be just the the torso uh, and sort of lower hip region of a man yeah. who's shirt shirtless with uh, jeans undone and a hairy chest. Yeah, is that what I'm? That's seeing? what you're seeing. I think so. That's what I saw. Um, so I zoomed in on it in this second image, and yeah, you can see it's a kind of oddly, well. It's not even provocative because you can't see the head of the man. You can just yeah. see his chest, which is sort of, I don't know, it looks like the chest hair is very coarse and thick for some reason. Yeah. And then he's... And he's he's not in... It, it, it doesn't... It doesn't immediately strike me as, uh, as like, as like gay porn. No. Because he's not in, he's not in shape. It's exactly. kind of... Slightly dumpy looking flat right. torsoed man it looks, with a really thick hairy chest. It looks like a crime scene photo to me of like a <laughs> of a cadaver. <laughs> and then it, for some reason he's got unbuttoned jeans and you can sort of yeah. just see the the top of his pubic area. And I could not make sense of why <laughs> this was in the background of of the show or why it would be, why a set dresser or whatever you call them would go, Yeah, this is something that would be in Marty Crane's ice fishing shack. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, that, that's such a bizarre mystery. So I, I went on the internet in search of answers, as we always do. And uh, as it always does, Reddit provided me with some satisfaction. Uh, what did you what did you search for, John? So I think I just googled um let me see cuz I can probably reverse engineer my search. Yeah, so I googled breaking the ice poster background and uh <laughs> and sure enough there were not one but two different Reddit threads about this bizarre poster. And uh one of them is from just 3 years ago. It says can can anyone explain this image and why it's hanging in their fishing cabin? I've watched this series through nearly 40 times. That's a lot. And I can't believe I've never noticed it. And, uh, and then the first person says, it's actually a shirtless woman. And there were versions of these posters where the chest piece she's wearing was printed on clear acrylic and you could lift it to reveal the boobs. And, uh, but then... And then he says, an uncle of mine had one in his basement. And then the next person says, 
no, that is a photo of a man. And, uh, and then someone else says, it is a boy. And there are other images of males throughout the cabin, which I didn't notice. And, uh, and then someone else says, as far as I can tell, it's a shirtless dude with unzipped pants wearing a pine cone necklace. I assume he's dressed like that because his father never said, I love you, which is a reference to the theme of the show. And, uh, and then someone else says, I watched this, rewatched this last week and was perplexed. I'm glad it's not just me who noticed it. So it's a mystery, notwithstanding the initial person's purported explanation. Uh, and then someone else has written uh, one year ago. Um, so I'm surprised by how new these are. But it, what's up with this picture in Duke's fishing ice fishing cabin? <laughs> and it's and uh, and similarly, people aren't really sure. Um, people talk about uh, basically get sidetracked talking about. Um, uh, kind of vintage porn. So this guy says, when I was a kid, my dad had a friend with a garage and, and a lift and he would help us with our car repairs. The garage was huge and every square inch was covered in dirty magazine pictures. Uh, I don't know if I would consider it a thing of beauty, but 30 years later, I still think of it. And then people say, <laughs> saying things like, um, they just start opining on the practice of men putting porn in you know bathrooms and garages and things garages like that. yeah and uh and nobody really somebody says could be the guys trying to gross out the others with provocative pictures of men i'm not sure that the uh the set designers would have such an obscure motive in mind but anyway <laughs> and then and someone says, this looks like a prepubescent boy. And then it says, it's very probably an inside joke from one of the writers or, pro or producers, which, yeah. which is not unlikely, I think. Um, so yeah, just one of those, just one of those little Easter eggs that I think <laughs> reminds us of the, uh, the depth of Frasier that you can watch it even, <laughs> even 23 years after the fact. Or no, it's, it would probably be. Just when you thought you've got all the layers. That's right. Of Frasier. This episode's from 1995, so 28 years ago, and it's still giving me stuff to think about, you know? <laughs> Is there, was there maybe more to Marty Crane than I realized? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and it's still got the internet uh, lighting up. I mean, it, it's wonderful that there are still these like active Reddit threads about this, this kind of four seconds of, of, uh, Frasier episode from 95. So I think they should, if I was one of the writers of the reboot, I'd be like, let's just pepper the scenes with that image and confuse the hell out of everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks, everybody, for tuning in episode number 128 of the podcast. Before we go, today is Monday, the 18th of September, 2023. That's when we're recording mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, everybody, we love to keep you real updated, mm. which is why we record the podcast pretty much the day mm. that it goes out. So that if, if there's anything happening, yeah. we don't want to have missed it. Or exactly. Jump. Straight on. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, you know, hot off the press situation. We just yeah. we send it to print as ASAP <laughs> after we've done the content. Uh, so this time next week, John, I will have attempted at least mm. to have run the Berlin Marathon. The Berlin Marathon oh. is this coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. I've been, I've been working some people might say, Al, you've been training for this for months. And I would turn to them with a tear in my eye and I would say, <laughs> I have been preparing for this moment for my whole life. <laughs> and then they would put their hand on my shoulder and we would embrace. Mm. And I would think about <laughs> that little boy in prospect in the 1980s yeah. who was filling his head with cakes and soda. <laughs> and he was so enormous that he couldn't even waddle down the street. <laughs> And people used to, people used to flick him with towels. I remember and hurl rotten fruit at him, mm. and they'd put me in the stocks in the town they square. Used to call you the prospect, the beast boy. Used to call you. <laughs> <laughs> they called me the beast boy, and they would put me in the stocks in the prospect town square, and they'd hurl rotten fruit and 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 they'd stale West End draft. They'd pour on my head, and say, "This freak boy." <laughs> We'll never have the discipline <laughs> to be able to run a marathon. Yeah. And so it's a very special moment <laughs> for me when I attempt to go. I'll be going ahead with a friend of the show, Elliot Kipchoge. Mm-hmm. Think I can, I'm confident I can best him. Yeah. I got my eye. I, I, I think I said earlier in an earlier episode, uh, when I signed up, I think I said, I, th- I, th- I believe this is right. I think I said, I either mentioned it at the time that I had signed up or this was certainly more than three months ago, certainly mm-hmm. before my training started. Mm-hmm. I said my goal was, and I'm happy to restate it here, mm. under four hours. Okay. That's what I was going for. I'm going to stick to that. Yep, yep. And, John, I want to say to you, how do you feel about this for me? Ask me your questions and I'll tell you my lies. <laughs> Ask me your questions and I'll tell you my um, that's a good, that's a good opening gambit for a date. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you've done, just to recap, you've done the Grand Canaria. Yes, I did the Trans Grand Canaria. I did the Trans Vulcania. So I've done a couple of trail marathons. Okay. They're quite a different beast because... Because of naturally any trail marathon, every track is different. Mm-hmm. So you can't really get a time on one trail marathon and then like compare that to another trail marathon mm. because the conditions and the altitude and everything is going to be completely different. Yep. So, And also with trail marathons, I'm typically just trying to survive them and uh, come in, come in, in, um, within regulation time, which I've managed to do with with both of them. I've managed to finish within regulation time. But this is my first ever, and I've done a bunch of half marathons on the street, road marathons. 
but this will be my first ever full road marathon. Yeah, so cool. I'm looking forward to the end of home this ground giving me, what's that? You got the home ground advantage as well. I got the home ground advantage. <laughs> I'm actually just going to be flying past people mm. because the crowd's going to be booing everybody <laughs> who's not from Berlin <laughs> yeah, right. and cheering. <laughs> They're just going to be like, it's, it's going to be a very uncomfortable scene. All the Germans just booing Kenyans mm. and Brazilians and American. Boo! We hope you'll trip and lose. Yeah. yeah, bloody. Oh, boo, you cheat. You're a bloody cheat. <laughs> That's what I'll be saying to anybody who's not from Berlin. Yeah. Come on, umpire. Oh, those are. He's cheating. So, home ground advantage. You've got going for under four. Under four. So many events this week. I don't think anybody from my running club except Philip. Shout out, Philip. Philip's running with me. Uh, I don't think anybody else from the running club. I don't think do I've it. bothered them. I don't think I've bothered too many people on the running club with pod, with pod promotion just yet because mm. it's not too. Because they're all run. They're all running freaks, mm. and there's only like. I don't know, it's like 1%, 1% running. running content. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> What's the, I mean, uh, you know. Next week I'll say, do you guys like, is there anybody in the running club that likes Frasier? <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with running. Should we just get really into <laughs> Frasier? Um, yeah, I mean, are you at the point now, is there like a very specific idea of what the days leading up to the marathon have to involve? Because I imagine there's a point yeah. where you have to basically rest and let your body Exactly. Get so this condition. is called a, this is called this is called a taper, mm. where you go with the weeks leading up to a few weeks leading up to the marathon. Mm -hmm. You basically should have done your longest, hardest runs mm -hmm. quite a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. and then you keep your body moving, but you you take a little bit of the so you you can you can keep the intensity up, but um, the volume you want to take down. So yeah. You okay. You're keeping it all for the race. And yep. actually, this week is pretty chill. It's just keeping the body moving, mm. body moving, we be body moving, <laughs> body moving, we be body moving. <laughs> Spoke about the Chemical Brothers at the start of the show. Yeah. Oh, man. Tying it up with a bow. Talking a little bit more big beat. That's Fat Boy Slim, body moving, we be body move. Fat Boy Slim. That's everybody. That's the Fat Boy Slim remix of Body Moving by Bestie Boys. There you go. And so you've got to keep that body moving. Yeah. And there's a lot of events this week. Thanks to the lovely Division BPM Run Club, all the people hmm. that are involved with that and are the organizers, of which there are a few, they've put on a massive calendar mm. of exciting. I basically am going to a little thing. From tomorrow, yeah. I'm at something every day of the week. Oh, nice. I'm talking Tuesday. I'm talking Wednesday. I don't know, John, if you're familiar with the day, what's called Thursday. <laughs> John, I don't know if you've ever heard of a day that's called Friday. <laughs> <laughs> you just, just running down the clock, aren't you? Um, Saturday. Saturday. And, so, uh, and we're at 40 minutes. Bye, everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> News. Yeah, that's right. I wonder who got the power pack. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you have um a special carb loading party where you just go and eat a jumbo lasagna and everyone has a good time? Yeah, but for me, <laughs> for me what I do, I do the, <clears throat> I always it's a tradition for me. I always have my same pre-race meal, which mm -hmm. is I get a Domino's cheeseburger pizza mm -hmm. and then I get three lasagnas and I put them <laughs> on top of the cheeseburger pizza. <laughs> and then on top of that 
I put a Greek gyros oh, kebab yeah. pizza. Yeah. I tip that upside down and I put that on top. So basically have like a pizza lasagna hamburger. <laughs> and then just like deviating into the woods for every 50 meters for the whole race. <laughs> and that gives me that gives me the energy and more importantly the morale to Yeah. That special my mor- triple decker cheeseburger morale. <laughs> um, they recently had the Sydney Marathon, and oh, okay, yeah, it was an unseasonably warm spring in Sydney, and so uh, or is, and so they uh, it was a bit of a it was slightly tarnished by the fact that I think uh, everyone died, and um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think a few people had to go, you know, kind of got heat stroke or whatever, um, and. Paul Hogan from Crocodile Dundee won as he does every year. And uh, <laughs> in the outfit, yeah, in the costume, exactly. as Mick. He won as Mick. He competes as Mick every year with a machete. Yeah, he chops the finish, the finishing ribbon with his machete. It's kind of a time honored thing now. <laughs> and everyone screams. That's not a knife. He, he slices it and everybody screams, this is a knife <laughs> and cheers. <laughs> so everybody wish me. I can feel it out there. I know that you're not in front of me out there. Don't praise us, but I can feel you mm. pushing me to the finish line, pushing me past Elliot Kipchoge. Yeah. As I tread on him, I'm looking forward to just <laughs> running right over him. Humiliating my, him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you as well. It's really interesting being here. There is uh, all of the run, all of the shoe brands that have uh, running lines, mm-hmm. which is you know most of them. So you're talking your Nikes, you're talking your New Balance, you're talking your On Running, you're talking your Hoka. Mm-hmm. They've all you're talking your Adidas. In fact, I think Adidas is the official sponsor of oh. the marathon. They have um, they plan all year mm-hmm. for this week, and they have like. Every part of the city that you go to is just covered in running shoe campaigns. It's really interesting. Like Maring Dam, which is a station that I go to all the time to switch lines. Uh, Shout out to my U6 and U7 crew uh, out there at Maring Dam. And Maring Dam's covered uh, in a New Balance Hmm. campaign. And uh, in my station, Templehof, I'm seeing a lot of Elliot Kipchoge on the LCD screens. And the world, this is the thing, John, it's not just me doing the marathon. Here's what I want everybody to understand. The world of running nerds is coming (laughs) to Berlin Mm. this week. I watch a lot of, uh, running YouTube, Mm. Uh, you know, distance running YouTube. So people that are into shoes and how to improve your marathon times right. and people that run all the, everybody's coming here. Yeah. All the people that I watch, they're all going to be here. Nice. The atmosphere is going to be electric. I'm looking forward to hopefully spotting mm. some of my favorite uh, YouTubers mm. who will just be out and about like, in the city. Like running YouTubers or just general YouTubers? Oh, Logan Paul. I hope yeah, he's Logan here for Paul. some. Just... I, I hope the Mr. Paul Beast. brothers. I hope that Mr. Beast is just here, <laughs> Jimmy. I hope that Jimmy's there. Yeah, lovely. Some of those yeah. Ukrainian children that we talked about. On our I recent... want anybody that's from any of those Ukrainian children's channels. Mm. I hope to see. I hope to see them. <laughs> I hope to see all the uh, Bollywood stars from T series. <laughs> <Yeah>, absolutely. 
<laughs> well, I know that all of the DPTMers out there, like myself, Al, will be rooting for you this week. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Thanks, John and DPTMers. As a gesture of support, I'm going to go into a bit of a taper as well. I'm not going to do any exercise for the next week. Um, <laughs> just just hoping that that'll give you good vibes as you get up to and the big you've day. And you're going to try my cheeseburger, gyros mm. <laughs> lasagna, pizza burger. <laughs> yeah. I'll do the carb loading minus the marathon. And I want you to sing, as you're eating it, I want you to sing your favorite Rolling Stones song, Pizza Burger, what goes, I'll always eat your pizza burger. (laughs) 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 All right. That's good. That's a good ending. (laughs) 